Hey everybody, this is Terry Mitchell from Melbourne, Australia, where it's a little bit cold tonight. Down in Australia's a little bit in the wintry throes at the moment. This is Voice on Fire interview series. Uh, I interview for those who are not familiar with what I'm doing. I interview what I consider to be emerging change makers, difference makers, life influencers and action takers, people that have possibly even a global mission to make a difference somewhere in the world. And Tonight, my guest is Elisa Tisbell, all the way from the UK. Hey, Elisa. Woo-woo, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. So thank you so much for joining me on Voice on Fire interviews. So as I was mentioning, Elisa is from the UK and Elisa's a mum to two children and it was the birth of her daughter that was a bit of an inspirational experience for her beyond the joy of being a mum. Alisa, do you want to sort of start off with letting our audience know what it is you do, who you do it for, and why you do it, and then share a bit of your story? Okay, three things. Um, so I, as you very rightly said, having a daughter, she was my second born, was a big inspiration for what I do now. Um, so I started a platform about a year ago called Such a Gritty Girl. And originally, um, it was because I myself have kind of spent most of my life um, being a people pleaser, not doing what I wanted to do in life, um, feeling like carrying a lot of shame about choices and decisions that I've made in my life. Um, and I really kind of got to a point in my in my 30s, I spent a lot of my younger years really feeling like the world is my oyster, life is gonna be amazing, I'm gonna meet amazing people, you know, I'm gonna marry the man of my dreams, all these kind of things. And lots of those things didn't happen. In my 20s, when you kind of feel like your 20s should be the prime of your life, that's what I always thought. Mm -hmm. Actually, for me, my 20s were pretty horrible, <laughs> through and through. Um, for lots of different reasons, but jobs that I wasn't really passionate about, uh, you know, a lack of direction in my life, abusive relationships, um, and, and twice kind of ending up penniless. Um, and I got to a point in my 30s where, yes, I turned my life around a lot. I got married to a lovely guy. We had children. Um, I started a business that was really successful, saved up loads of money, bought a house, all of these lovely things. But deep down inside, I was still that same person. I was still that same person who was carrying around lots of shame about the choices that I'd made, lots of shame, lots of hurt from the relationships that I'd had. Um, and when I had my daughter, it was, she was a few months old and like, I have a kind of specific memory, but I was, I'd come out of the shower and I remember I was standing there and my daughter, she was only a few months old. So she was in one of those little um, baby bounces. And I remember looking at her and I was being triggered at that moment by a, a painful memory for one of these past relationships. And I remember looking at her and thinking, oh my God, I don't want her to go through that. How can, I, how can I prevent her from going through that and feeling the way that I feel right now, carrying so much shame and so much pain? I don't want that for her. And in that same moment, I kind of realized that if I don't want that for her, I have to change. I myself have to change. I cannot expect her to you know, look around her for really strong female role models. I'm her mum. She's going to be looking at me her entire life. She's going to be looking at my patterns of behaviour. She's going to be looking to see, what's my, you know, well, she won't be looking to see. It will be unconsciously given to her. Was my mum a people, people pleaser? Did she just do all of the house cleaning and, you know, whatever it is without asking my dad to do any of it because I knew that she would then just the likelihood is she's going to repeat a lot of those behaviors or she'll rebel completely against them hopefully if she's smart um but really I just realized that I really needed to model that 
strong um, woman that at that point I didn't feel that I was. I actually felt like a failure. I, even though, you know, I was a mum, I did everything for my kids, I had a nice marriage, I had a house, I had a successful business, I still, deep down, felt like a failure. And, and I didn't want that for her. So really, that kind of set me off thinking about, well, what do I need to do for myself? How do I need to change? Um, and one of the first things I did actually was get over my own ego and go and see a coach. Um, I didn't I didn't know what kind of help I needed I just knew that there were things deep down in the back of my subconscious that were keeping me from uh, being the kind of the just the person that I wanted to be the person that I knew that I was I knew that I had loads of potential and I was constantly frustrated by myself that I wasn't fulfilling it I was constantly frustrated that I was doing a job that it brought in the money but uh it wasn't using my gifts and my talents in a way that i knew that i could affect change in the world and that's what i really wanted to do like if we're on this planet for a short space of time i knew that i, I didn't want to do it just doing pr for a boiler company i wanted to use my skills to really make a difference to people's lives um, so yeah, so one of the first things I did was kind of got over myself, good, went to Google, typed in life coach because I had no idea who I needed to talk to, but you know, I just knew that word. I didn't, I didn't think I needed to speak to a therapist, but I wanted to speak to someone. So I Google typed in life coach, had a look at a few in my area until I found one that I thought, oh yeah, I kind of resonate with her and she was a bit businessy and and I knew also that I wanted to do something different with my business. So I went to talk to her and I had a couple of sessions with her. And then after that, she said to me, she said, look, I normally have a minimum of six sessions with people. But I think you're, I don't think you need me, actually, because I'd gotten out what I needed to get out. And then she said, have you thought about becoming a coach? And I was like, do you know what? I really, really, really resonate with this work and actually I feel that I would love to do that so then I began exploring coaching um, and training as a coach um, but I knew that also I didn't just want to do one-to-one -one coaching because um, I've always I've always been an entrepreneur even when I was a little kid I was always doing I was always trying to make a buck always trying little businesses and, and I knew, and, and one of my, I don't, I don't know, one of my innate, intrinsic wants for life or desires or, you know, I, I'm not sure what the word is, but it's that I want to have a big business. I've always wanted to have a big business. I've always wanted to be able to serve loads of people and make a big impact with business. Don't ask me why. I have to do a bit of work on that and find out why. Um, so that's kind of led me to such a gritty girl because then I thought, well, actually, I really want to help loads of people. How can I help? Because what I really noticed is it doesn't matter. I knew so many women who on the outside looked really successful. Um, they had everything that you would say was successful in life. They had, they, they traveled, they had a nice home, they were married, they might have had kids, they, you know, they had great jobs. But deep down inside, because I've had those conversations with them, I knew that they were in a really, really troubled place, very deep down very unhappy actually not living the life that they wanted to live not in the jobs that they wanted to do not following the careers not having the impact they wanted to make that actually that they'd had awful relationships and they carried that hurt with them but they didn't tell anyone about it and so i thought these are the women that i really want to help because i know deep down that most women most people to be honest, I just feel that probably women are going to relate to me more. 
Um, and also, we can't help everyone, although in an indirect way we can. You know, for example, if we help, if if we help women to get over these things, it's naturally going to impact the whole rest of the world anyway. Mm. Um, so yes, so that's kind of led me to such greater girls. So um, we are looking at producing courses and coaching and um, inspiration and soon products as well, um, just to try and give women these um, coaching and transformation tools so that they can transform their own lives. Because ultimately that's what it comes down to. No one else can transform your life for you. You have to transform your own life and want to do it. But most people, because we never taught this, we don't know how to. Mm. We just stay in this stuck, unhappy state because we don't we do not know how to get out of it. No one has ever taught us. We don't go to school and learn these things. Wow. Our parents were never taught, so they can't teach us. Um so yeah, so that's what it's about. Fantastic. And I really appreciate that you've taken us on that journey to help us understand all of the different motivations that have really prompted you to make a decision. And, and that's what's really important. I think that where we often get stuck is that we fear taking the risk or we fear taking the actions necessary. I want to go back to something that you were talking about and it was that, and, and I want to just reference it because I know that we all have a little bit of a habit of saying certain things and the way we would say them, just to pull it apart a little bit so that others can see where you were at at the time when, when this was happening for you. You mentioned that you got out of your own way or got out of the, the way of your ego. I, 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 I don't say that I resonate with that personally because oh, I, maybe I have a different spin on that and it's something that maybe, you know, I could probably explore that later. But just from a position of what does it mean to you to get out of your way? Because it almost sounds like it just happened instantaneously. What was that state of mind that you were in that helped you to realise you needed to do something to take an action, to take the risk? Where were you at? Can you describe that experience a little bit more for, for everyone that's listening? Yeah, of course. That's <laughs> I it definitely wasn't instantaneous let me tell you that much I had been thinking actually for years I felt an internal need to speak to someone about what I had gone through and really one of the most there was a significant thing that that happened for me um during my mid-20s when I was uh, I was with someone who I was completely in love with and I thought I was going to get married to and you know all would be great um, but deep down that relationship I, I had known deep down I had known was not working for some time but I didn't want to listen to that deep downness um, and that relationship ended and it was extremely painful for me uh, the way that it ended and how it ended so painful that I actually I pretty much began to shut off from reality so I didn't have to deal with the pain of what I was experiencing. And, um, and then I got into another relationship very quickly, um, which again, unfortunate. And it was with someone I had known for a couple of years and thought I knew their character and thought I knew what they were like. Um, and in fact, they had been my housemates. So I had lived in the same house with them for a couple of years. But that relationship very quickly, um, and, and I was already in a terrible place, but that relationship then quickly turned extremely abusive. And I went from a place where I was really low and really vulnerable to a place where I was completely picked apart at the seams, actually, I would say. to the and And I was... And it was such a shock and I was so low that I didn't have anything to fight back with because um, I didn't even know that I needed to fight at that point. I thought this person was my friend um, and I thought that I knew them and suddenly they were, you know, it was a Jekyll and Hyde type scenario and I'm sure that lots of women who have been in an abusive relationship will recognise that. Um, and it makes you deeply question yourself. Am I crazy? 
and the other person tells you that you're the one that's crazy. And anyway, that happened for four years. It was four years until I was able to get out of that relationship. And funnily enough, what got me out of that relationship was that the other person wanted to have children and started to talk about it. And like the, it lit this little fire in me. Like if there was a spark of me left, that was all that was left, a spark. And that lit a little fire within me. And, and I just thought, I do not want to raise children who are going to learn anything from this person. And so that was my motivation. And then I began to internally fan that flame for some time until I, until I had the strength to get out of that relationship. Um, and then, you know, had a lovely life for several years, got married to a lovely guy that I'm still married to. Um, but, but that, the pain of that whole period, I still kept buried deep within me. I didn't really talk about it with anyone because I was so ashamed about it. I carried so much shame about it, about the fact that I had got married to someone. And I, I probably missed that out. I got married to this guy as well because I was just in such a low, low place that I didn't even, I, would, I just... I just went along with it. I mean, as it sounds so terrible, and I was so ashamed to tell people about this for such a long time. Um, yeah, and I carried that shame with me. So, you know, I didn't even talk with my husband about it, really. I didn't talk with my family about it. I didn't talk with anyone about it because I was just so ashamed about the choices that I'd made and what had happened. So I just buried it. And one of the ways, because we all know that we cannot actually, well, no, sorry, we don't all know this. I found out, found it out since, but we, we can't bury that pain. We can't bury our pain. It will come out. It will manifest in some other way. And so one of the ways it manifested for me was keeping busy. That's why I, I piled all of my energy into working. Um, I never sat down for a second. I didn't. I was just on the go, 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 go all the time because what I realized is, well, I didn't realize it, but if I was on the go, I didn't have to think about it. Um, and it, and again, it wasn't until I had uh, my daughter, um, I, I had been feeling for years that I felt that I needed to talk to someone, but I didn't want to talk to anyone close to me because I didn't want them to know my shame. Um, and I didn't know who to speak to. And a few years prior to me actually speaking to someone, um, my husband, who's super open-minded, he um, spoke to this like intuitive, I think she's a medical intuitive, she calls herself or something, but just out of curiosity, super open-minded. He'll always do things out of curiosity. So he spoke to this lady that he heard about who's like this medical intuitive in America. And I really admired him for doing that and I wished I could do that too I wished I had the kind of confidence in myself to be able to speak to someone about my inner troubles inner problems without feel like without feeling shame or about it and he doesn't like he was just like this sounds cool I'm gonna try this and I really admired that quality um and and it was yeah, it, it was years, probably like three or four years after he had been, and he spoke to her a couple of times. But as soon as he spoke to her, I remember thinking, oh, I really want to speak to someone as well. Um, but I didn't have the, I was still too caught up, A, in my own shame, and also in a sense of, I have to deal with everything myself. I got myself into all of this mess. I have to deal with all of this mess myself. And I don't know if that's, I, I always thought that was quite um, a female thought, something that affects women more. But actually I had this conversation with my husband the other day and he was like, oh my God, I didn't know you thought like that because actually men think like that too. So maybe it's, it's just true of all of us that we feel that we have to deal with our own stuff ourselves. Um, so I had to get out of the way of my own ego that I had. And my ego told me, you have to deal with everything yourself. And my 
but actually that was also coming from a place of shame because you know my ego's there trying to protect me trying to keep me away from feeling shame um and so that's what was holding me back so when i say i had to get out of my own way so it's the longest explanation um when i had to get out, out of my own way it was just to um, have the confidence that me speaking to someone is not a reflection of my inability to deal with things myself and it's not a reflection of, of it's no reflection of my self-worth um actually to speak to someone about how you feel deep down takes incredible courage and and it's an act of confidence and I guess um, what was so lovely for me is that I had someone in my life my husband who was role modeling that confidence for me so yes I hope that explains it. it it's a real it's a really interesting explanation in a lot of ways because firstly I'm sure there are going to be a lot of people that have listened to this both men and women who will listen to this or watch this interview who are going to be able to relate to parts of that because Yes, we all have an ego part of us that is there to protect us in some way, shape or form. And, and yes, our behaviours that people see on the outside are often a manifestation of the things going on inside of us. And a lot of the time they're a little unconscious to us or subconscious to us, depending on at what point that they're becoming apparent to us, in that we may not realise we're doing a certain thing, saying a certain thing or not doing it or not saying it in order to avoid pain because as human beings we tend to avoid pain pretty pretty accurately it's something that we will do whatever we can um in in explaining all of that and i appreciate you being honest about that the thing that stands out for me is how there's a lot of transition that's taken place for you where did the concept of such a gritty girl evolve from that because gritty if we were to look at what does it all mean, gritty is obviously we've all got inner grit if we, you know, if we want to reference it that way. We've got inner grit. And it's yeah. the capacity just to have guts and stand up for yourself and, and to kind of be bold and speak up. You know, there's also different sorts of translations on it. What does it mean for you? How did you come to that term to use that reference? And what's, what, did, what was the kernel of thought that got you to that beginning point? All right, so it's actually not as deep as, I, I love your explanation, but, and I wish it was that deep, but it's not. Um, so when I, when I first began to just explore this fact that I felt that I needed to change, um, and how could I begin to role model something different for my daughter, um, I, I just started to think about how girls and women, we, like, we put so much um of our attention and our focus is on our appearance and how we look it's just the way the world is right now anyway um and it's how women measure measure themselves um it's what a lot of self-worth is attached to um and what i wanted initially anyway i just wanted how can i help my daughter to think about herself differently mm -hmm. so that she's not growing up just thinking that she has to be pretty which so many girls do and so i you know just because i come from a marketing background so um and i'm a copywriter so i'm always thinking about words and and i was thinking about the the kind of terminology that we um say to kids all the time and one of the things that we would say to little girls very often is oh isn't she pretty or oh such a pretty girl these kind of things and i was thinking hmm, okay if people are going to say that to my daughter a lot when she's growing up how can I change that so that she thinks about herself differently? So, um, and I, so I just like, so such a gritty girl just came out of that because I, I thought, yes, like she can be pretty. Like there is nothing wrong with beauty. There is nothing wrong with it. The world is a beautiful place and we should nurture beauty. Like, phys like when we go somewhere that's physically beautiful, a garden or you know i don't know whatever but anywhere in, in nature that's physically beautiful it uplifts our spirits there is nothing wrong with beauty but when our attention is just solely focused on uh beauty for women physical beauty and not inner beauty then we have a massive imbalance so that's what i just wanted to how can i help her to think about herself differently 
So she's, and I, and I thought, well, wouldn't that be cool if it was on a t-shirt? So that when people looked at her and they'd read it, and instead of saying such a pretty girl, it said such a gritty girl. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make other people think as well about how they were interacting with girls. So, um, so that's just where that name came from. Um, and like, so, so something that we do every month, um, it's something I'm constantly working out how, and this is constantly evolving, but currently there's like a monthly theme um, and people can download a free playbook every month. Uh, and just this month, it happens to be on body positivity. But, uh, but I knew I needed to do something for the mums or the women um, who want to change themselves and how they think about themselves. Because if you want to be a role model to other girls, whether you're a mum or not, Every woman is a role model to girls on this planet. And if you want to be a better role model, you need to think about yourself differently. You can, and if you want to change yourself, here are the tools to change yourself. But then I also wanted to put in tools so that girls can begin to see themselves differently from a very early age. So every month with the free playbook, there's, um, uh, there's also a playbook for kids. So for example, this month it's about body positivity um, and the playbook for kids is about um, uh, writing down something that they're grateful for for each of their body parts. And, you know, it's got nice little pictures of different body parts. But then also there's like a little image uh, and affirmations printable, which can you can stick on your kid's wall if you've got kids, with like a little superhero girl. And it just says a very simple affirmation for kids. And this one is, I love my body this month. And it's just because I, you know, I, I recognise that I need to change and that I want to change, but I also, from early, from her earliest years, and my son, I want them to have alternative ideas about themselves, because the world is going to tell them, be this way, be this way, be this way, that success means, success means good job, fast car, get married, you know, or whatever it is, um, for a woman, success means be thin, be beautiful, be this, be that, have a, you know, get in this job, you know, whatever it is, the world is going to continually tell them the messages by which it's going to define them whether or not they're good enough. So I just want to give my kids and by extension, all other kids tools so that they can, from their earliest years, see themselves differently. So that as she's growing up and as my son is growing up, they can see, I love my body. I love my body. I love my body or I'm good with money, I'm good with money, or, you know, or whatever it is. But these, these, these virtues that we have within ourselves, all of these qualities that we have within ourselves, these beautiful qualities that the world does not focus on. So we need to put extra focus on those qualities if we want to help, if we want to bring them out, and if we want to help our children recognise uh, those qualities within themselves and also to bring those qualities out so yeah excellent you're referencing there and a couple of things I mean I already know the answer but obviously our listeners need to know about this you were mentioning playbooks and various things and I know that the evolution of this such a gritty girl wasn't just the fantastic image that appeared on a t-shirt that you showed uh, showed me a while back but you've also now got a really awesome website. Now, I take it what you've also developed on that website is where people can locate these various monthly themes and they can sign up to a newsletter. Is that the sort of uh, information and output that you've got going on at the moment? Yeah, so um, exactly. So on the website, every single month, there is a free playbook. So you can go on there and download it. And it focuses on different things. So there's also lots of research that says that you can change a habit within 30 days. Um, so that's why they're kind of designed to be a month long. So the idea is, um, so for example, with the body positivity one, um, it's just about gratitude. It's such a simple exercise, but completely transformative. Um, so something that I used to do, for example, uh, quite a lot is I would stand in front of the mirror and I would say something about oh I need to lose a bit of weight around my thighs or something like that and my husband would say do not ever say that in front of our son you um, because my daughter wasn't born then you do not want to be criticizing your body in front of him mm -hmm. and like 
how amazing that my husband said this to me. Um, but this is something that we women do to ourselves all the time. We don't even realize we're criticizing our bodies all of the time. And if we're living in a body that we're constantly criticizing, I mean, it doesn't feel good. We can't, and that means we start comparing ourselves to other people all the time. But this is what we're taught to do. This is, what, this is how the, the world lives. Um, so actually by switching it to gratitude, I'm so grateful for my bum because every time I sit down, my bum is there to cushion me and give me, do you know what I mean? It's, it's such a silly, oh, it seems silly, but actually it's completely transformative. Perhaps even changing Um, that word silly to simple. It's the simplicity of it that we overlook and quite literally, yeah, if we, we're not appreciative of the, the physical nature of our body we just can't appreciate the true functionality of it and i interrupt just on that thought to say that um you know some of the listeners to this will know that i i'd previously been in a car accident in the last couple of years and lost some of my functionality and it's been a huge wake-up call to me not that i was never appreciative of my body um very much so because i've always had a health bent that's always who i've been but i have gained weight and I've lost functionality and I have been guilty of looking in that mirror and going I need to lose weight and the difference for me is not so much and I'm still not pleased that I say that because I recognize that I'm not being kind to myself and I know that it comes from the idea that in my mind I have a comparison going on but it's not with everyone around me it's with what I used to be and it's been very hard for me to look at myself and think what happened to the body that I inhabited you know a few years back where I could I could do a ton's worth of work and I mean literally a measured ton of work physically and be going out looking for more work to do whereas now it's like sometimes I struggle to walk and the difference in mindset it comes down to how do we appreciate our bodies And even when we look in the mirror, is it possible to see not who we look like, but who we are and let go of that whole padded, fatty bits and pieces that we think look ugly or horrible or we're ashamed of? Because it touches back on something you were talking about earlier and about that sense of shame. A lot of the time we're socially conditioned to feel shame about who we are and that, as, as we've talked about already, manifests mm. physically. And sometimes it'll manifest as body weight that we're not used to carrying. And I've already been going through those issues with myself and dealing with my own reflections on that sense of shame. You know, there are things that I regret doing, things I wished I'd done differently. But I'm so open to letting that come through now and the healing process is happening. So you're reflecting just on use of the words and, and yeah, man, it, it'll feel perhaps a bit silly to say, you know, I'm glad I've got a bum that I've got because when I sit down, it's a nice big cushion and I'm comfortable sitting on it. It's learning to love ourselves and embrace ourselves. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of the thought process that you're having? Yeah, yeah. And in fact, the, the thing that really made me realise it is I can't remember um, where I maybe maybe I read this somewhere or someone said it to me. Um, but they said, you know, how would you feel? Take a moment to think how we would feel if you didn't have any eyes, and then and then just sit in that thought and imagine that for a moment. And then when you open your eyes, you realise I'm so grateful for my eyes. And then if you apply that same thought process to every single other body part that you have, you will realize how grateful you are to have the body that you have. It doesn't mean that you might not want to change your body or you might not want to get fit or you might not want to lose weight or whatever it is. Those are actually by the by. The the point is that you can love your body exactly as it is right now. And actually, when you love your body as it is, you're so much more motivated, actually, then to look after it and care for it and and give it the nourishment and the exercise and all those kind of things that it needs because you're you're motivated from a point of love rather than shame. And and that's a really powerful place to be motivated by. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I, I think the concept of being a gritty girl, as much as 
you know, I may have overthought that concept a little bit as you were thinking it through. The concept of being gritty, I think it's really important for just women around the world to be empowered and be in positions where they're able to stand up and speak up and be heard, but also internally speak up for yourself, speak up yeah. about who you are, own who you are, because there, there are no doubts there are many of us that have gone through situations and made decisions in the past where life hasn't been perhaps as, you know, champagne and roses as we would like. And, and you were sharing your story about the abusive relationship that you were in and, you know, questioning your judgments and asking yourself, you know, or, or referencing, you know, how did I even let myself get into that and feeling the shame that came from that. And I reflect back on a situation that I was in when I was in my very early 30s. Um, I'd started the internet dating thing because I was single and I was, you know, in a different city and I really just was, you know, pretty keen to meet somebody by that stage because I was at that age where it would have been nice to make some decisions about settling into some sort of relationship. And I, and this is a real story about not listening to our own inner voice and I carried some shame about this for quite some time as well because I judged my own ability and judged my perception as if I was wrong. But when the scenario played out and then I looked back at that moment, it was like, why did I not trust my instinct in the moment? It was loud and clear and it was telling me. And it, instead of me making it a big global thing, it was like every man is like this, I realised it was no. That particular person had an energy about him that was not good for me, and I totally ignored that. And the whole point that came about, uh, that came about, obviously with a bit of the internet dating, you do a little bit of the computer technology kind of communications, a few messages on the, the, the chat sites, and then you, you know, you're bold enough to exchange telephone numbers and have that first call. And it was in that instance. Now I was always looking forward to reading his messages because it seemed our messages we got along, had the bold moment to share the telephone number and he called me. And in the, ex I can still feel it to this moment, but I, I draw on that energy for the right reasons now. And in that instant that I heard his voice, I knew I did not like his voice instantly, instantly. And then the little voice in the back of my head said, I'll stop judging. You don't know, give him a chance. And it turned into being the most abusive relationship I'd been in. I lost my job. I lost my career. I lost a baby. I lost the whole works. I lost everything because of not listening to myself. Mm. And there was a whole raft of shame that went with that. You know, I never told so many people and it was just awful. It was the, it was the most catastrophic adult situation that I was in. It was my undoing. And that happened when I was in my early 30s and that's almost 20 years ago. And mm. to this day, I still have moments where it's like, ouch, that hurts, when I think about certain things that come up because of that. And I hadn't realised how much you can suppress some of the more ugly feelings that you have within, even though you think you've dealt with it and you can be dealing with it. And then something mm. else will just pop up because if you don't get rid of the real kernel, not get rid of it, but if you don't address the real kernel of all of that shame and social conditioning and self-judging behaviour and all of the stuff from the history of our world, it'll grow. It's like, a, it's like concrete where a little weed will come up through that crack in the concrete. It'll come yeah. back. And we have to weed the garden. We have to. And we've got to be comfortable yeah. doing that. And the concept of the such a gritty girl to me, and I, I love it, I think it's a brilliant concept, the idea that we need to give Women and girls, and by default, everybody, the reason to feel good about who they are and let go of shame, acknowledge the shame, be okay saying, hey, I feel really crappy about the decision I made and I'm really embarrassed about it because I believe, believe me, I've made some embarrassing decisions in my time too and there are some things I may never tell anybody. But then one day I might do the Madonna, you know, and I always use Madonna as a bit of a... Um, a, um, a reference point because you know for a woman who is a massive music pop star she made a decision to create that uh, coffee book 
the coffee table book called Sex. And I always remember the, the controversy that was caused by that. And yet it never dented her social profile. And for a whole range of reasons, that stood out to me that whether I accept what she did or not is, is irrelevant. It's more if she was bold enough to do something that was so controversial and she never lost any of her popularity across the world because she was so in your face, then there's the people like Pink who was so in your face. And, you know, there's a number of female bold um, musical performers who are in your face, bold and brassy, and they've just got it all. If they're prepared to run the risk of making a complete fool of themselves in whatever capacity that is, but do it with they just own it, then all of my little things that I've done wrong, I've got nothing to be ashamed of. Not that I judge their behaviour, but I use it as a way of saying, well, hey, the world would normally judge me if I did that, but look at what they think of these people. How do I want to see myself? And maybe if I just got a little bit more bold, a little bit more courageous, a little bit more confident, a lot of the fears that I have about people judging me might be just all in my head. Yeah, maybe I'll just yeah. step up and own who I am and be a bit more gritty in keeping with our theme here. So where, where do you see what you're doing in terms of, say, the next five years, the kind of like the, the big global picture? Where do you see Gritty Girl going from, from where we are today? So one of my default positions, nearly my whole life that I'm training myself out of, um, is thinking small. I just have always done it. So I'm really training myself out of, and, I, and I'm thinking big. And I, and I literally will plaster stuff on my wall. I've got something that says up there, it says play big. Um, and, and so that I can switch my mindset. So my vision for it is to bring um, transformation tools to every woman on the planet. That's my, <laughs> that is my goal. Um, and, and here's the important thing. I don't know exactly how, and that doesn't actually matter because when we have the goal, the how will unfold. You just have to trust that there is a how somewhere. So that's the goal. Um, and you know, and I'm just starting off where we are in it and it may seem really small and it may seem, um, uh, insignificant in some ways. Um, but I don't believe that it is because, uh, I mean, that's the whole idea behind the free stuff as well, is that there is enough free content. Um, and a, there's a Facebook group that goes with it, um, which is all free just so that you know, more people can have access to this stuff. It's there for you if you want to access it. Um, I do know that there are many women on this planet who don't have access to the internet yet. So that will be interesting. Like how can we reach those women? Um, but that will unfold. Um, but you know, it's, we've just, for example, we've just run our first course, uh, which is actually about money mindset and helping women with their money mindset because so many women, feel so bad about money and think they're terrible with money and all of these kind of things. Whereas actually if we have, um, I always like to think how would the world change if women felt confident in this area? Like what change would that make on a global scale? And if women felt confident with money, good about money and had money um, to, to grow, spend, give, how would that change the world? And to me, I just imagine incredible things for this planet. When we have wealthy women in this planet and everyone is, is wealthy enough, and wealth is a very personal definition, that's whatever it is for you. Um, this planet will change radically. So, and that's, that's always what I like to keep in mind. What's the global vision for this? So we've just run our first course and um, there's a lady who, um, in uh, in our private group shared her story that she realized that she's been carrying her whole life about money and it really is about deprivation um about not being good enough about having nothing growing up extremely poor having nothing when she was a kid being married to someone who used to take away um who used to spend all the money on himself and uh, she had nothing 
and and she, you know like he had two cars she had no car and would walk two miles to work you know this kind of and she saved up two years to buy a lamp whilst he was spending money left right and center and when i read that i see and it sounds really weird but i see so much beauty in it and what i see that's so beautiful in that is is someone's awareness of the money story that they have been carrying around their whole life because when you are aware of when you become aware of your story when you become aware of the beliefs that you have about yourself and that could be about anything could be about money could be about your body could be about your career could be about anything your self-worth whatever anything when you become aware of what you believe about it and what you have the beliefs that you've been carrying around it your whole life and you see that you can write them down and you see them in front of you, you realize, oh my God, I have the power to change those. And that's what I see that's so beautiful in what she wrote this morning, and I just happened to see it this morning, um, is that she has now become aware of what she has been carrying with herself her whole life about her money story. And the beauty is, even though it's a, it's a sad story, the beauty is she's now aware of it and she can change it. And that's like, and it's so powerful. And I think that's really important is as we have the power, even through this platform that I've created, plus the various things that I do, as we have the power to tap into and help people to become aware of their journey, their story, their, their history, the messages they tell themselves, the social conditioning, all of those different layers that we deal with, we have that power to help, to help them evolve and the growth process and, and there's a lot of reasons why people don't change because ultimately change is as we're discovering in the current world that we live in at the moment with with not only just COVID but with also the um the black lives matter and in australia the aboriginal lives matter uh, movement which is also part of the black movement culture there's so much tension and so much so much unhappiness in the world rightfully so in a lot of cases once we start to to raise awareness people start to notice that they need to change and change for many people is quite frightening because they lose what is comfortable they lose the sense of uh, familiarity and ask themselves and a lot of people will ask themselves even though they don't want to know the answers in some cases what happens if I change and the people around me don't like me anymore because they are my network? What if, you know, the people that I'm closest to and I want to change stop being my friends and I end up alone? It's almost like they see the negatives first before they're able to recognise that there could be some amazing positives that come from that change because of the lack of familiarity because they can only really think in terms of what they're familiar with. So it's our role in a lot of ways, if you'd agree with this, I don't know, but it's our role to help people to evolve and to see what their, um, their, their not just their capacity is, what their capabilities are, but what, what their world could look like and what the growth process actually can bring about. Because as examples, we're both examples of circumstance of, you know, things we've moved through, grown through, changes that we've made. And we're in a position where we can help facilitate that growth and i i do feel for anybody that goes through a process where they're starting to really feel the real depths of their emotions and i i, I coach a lady who's going through that at the moment and she's actually going through a really frightening process right now which we've spoken about it and you know I'm, I'm taking her through that because she's having to actually feel her real emotions and there's a lot of a lot of evolution ahead of her and i think she's going to be quite a remarkable new version of herself and she's a i think she's a remarkable lady anyway but she's going to be a more remarkable version of herself in her own eyes and i think it's really important that we can help people to see that possible evolution in themselves so is that something that you think that your your programs can help people to do and, and is that where your focus is in any way no, actually, um, you you have said it precisely. It really is about helping people. Um, most people, unfortunately, just don't realise how amazing they are. Um, and and I, I, like I 
certainly didn't. Um, for myself, you know, I was just always focused on the negative. Um, but actually, when we start the process and, and go through this process of like an inner transformation, and yes, it can be, I think, really scary at first. I remember thinking several times I was going mad, but luckily I had already begun to reach out to new networks of women who were going through something similar and saying to them, am I going mad? And they'd be like, you're not going mad, don't worry. And it's just nice to have that, that network and that support. Um, but yes, to, to kind of bring about that inner transformation, which no one, no one can force that on anyone else. It has to be an intrinsic motivation that somebody wants to change themselves. But I, I think most people do. Most people are, are in a state of unhappiness and, it, and, and that unhappiness will manifest in some way or manifest in unhealthy relationships or in drinking alcohol too much or um, shopping, you know, but, or, or for me, it was keeping busy it manifests some way and you know deep down that there is something rumbling that there is something not quite right but actually facing that facing that can feel absolutely terrifying it's like um putting your hand down in a big disgusting deep bog and and diving right down to the bottom of that big disgusting deep bog to get to the bottom of the bog only to realize that actually um you're in a, like a paradise it's a beautiful place down there but you have to go through the disgusting crappy bog to get there um and and that's where it helps to have someone else to be on that process with you because it can be painful it can be painful to face up to there's things that we feel so much shame about or guilt about or all of these kind of things that can be painful but once you have done that then you and and you know and part of that process is having compassion for yourself and that might be a very new concept to many people having compassion for yourself not judging yourself again maybe a very new process for concept for people having not judging myself i know because all of these things were so new to me but actually when we begin to cultivate those things in ourselves self-compassion non-judgment of ourselves loving ourselves then we can see these things in others then we can have compassion to others then we can then then we are become less judgmental towards others it is just a natural process that happens and the more that that happens the more beautiful this new place or this new you this inside of you becomes yeah. like you said earlier weeding the garden yeah exactly and i think one of the critical things that i i sense is a really important part of what such such a gritty girl is about and certainly yourself as you've indicated um the role you have is role model and i think we all forget that somebody is watching us who is usually younger and looking for looking for understanding and looking for familiarity looking for someone to follow looking for someone to guide even if they don't know us they might still know us through somebody or through something and they're looking to be guided because in truth you know I'm in my 50s and when I reflect back on what I was like in my teenage years the teenagers of today are so vastly different and when I say vastly different I couldn't I couldn't use an uh, this it understates the obvious for me because I was so naive and so protected and so sheltered as a teenager and going through some pretty awful moments in life that I did not know my own capability I was in my world at the time I was focused on survival I just wanted to survive and even that was a bit shaky and then when I got to my 20s I was fairly cocky and fairly false arrogance I had this false confidence about me that I had used as my my shield and in a lot of ways it was great because I had the, the cockiness and the confidence to get out and I'd do some pretty crazy things and I didn't, didn't I was that typical bullet bulletproof young person and as I got older, I realised that I really didn't have a role model. I didn't have anybody that I aspired to be like. And I remember actually saying that I was certain people within my family that I reflected upon 
as being who I didn't want to be like. And they were kind of like my anti-role models. And if that's all I had, I had to try and find a way to build myself up. And I'm so grateful that in my 30s, pretty much at the time that I began my 30s, the internet became a public thing. And I began to connect with people in, in particularly in America to start, start out with. Uh, and I began to build a real connection of people that I'm still connected with today, which is quite amazing to me, who in their own way served as role models for me to remind me to not just the concept of think big, which I'd always, always tried to do in some way, shape or form, but the fact that there is, not only do we strive, perhaps, you know, you may have a role model that you look up to and I've got various people that I aspire to be and who inspire me to, to always be a better version of myself. But as you as a mum stepping into that role, knowing that you're a role model for your daughter, I kind of expand that concept and, and think we're, at, we're all, really, we all have the capability to be a role model to somebody. Yeah. And yeah. As a person, I know that I'm a role model. I actually am an active role model for various young people in the world. And, and I reference, for example, and he may watch this and, and he does, um, I have a young man in Nigeria who's in his 20s that I, I um, actively support and mentor. And you just never know whose life you can be influencing. And I kind of look at it from a, I guess, a stair step level. Where I'm at, there's probably somebody ahead of me that is like a role model to me. But there's somebody behind me who sees me as being in a highly regarded and well-valued position. They aspire to be where I am. And I always hold that to my, to my heart as it's for me to reach my hand behind me and help that person, whoever that is, help that person up. And I think such a gritty girl, in my mind, from what I know of it, from what you've shared about it, really emphasises that capability that we are role models. And is, are you offering any sort of program around role modelling? Where, where do you take that position? Um, concept, um, not yet. Um, to me, um, like you said, everyone is a role model. Actually, everyone is a role model. It doesn't matter who you are, people are watching you. Um, people are influenced by you on a day-to-day -day, um, basis. So everyone is a role model. It's, um, I, did, I do have something in mind, first of all, just for mums, mums um, who want to raise strong kids. Um, and really that is all about becoming strong yourself. Because quite often I think lots of mums think, how can I raise strong kids? They wanna raise strong kids because they see all of the pressures that kids are coming under. They see all of these kids with anxiety disorders and um, eating disorders and et cetera, et cetera. And they don't want that for their kids. But the, the missing link sometimes is that people don't realize that actually the best role model is you and, 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 and that in order to role model, you do have to change. You have to be willing to change. Um, you have to be willing to improve yourself. And, and that very act of your kids seeing you on um, a process of self-improvement, self-transformation, that is the that's all the role modeling really they need to see because their life will be very different. They're different people. They'll have different aspirations, different talents. They'll live their life very differently. What they do is not so much important as to how they uh, be. Um, from the inside and, and they can see that being role modeled they can see that transformation being role modeled so yes I do have that course in the pipeline <laughs> here's a short me yeah and I think that's that you've nailed that that whole concept of everybody is watching us we don't know who is inspired by who we are but the very act of showing not only that we trust and believe in ourselves and know our worth even if it's on a small scale and it's something that is a seed that's been planted within and you're nurturing that seed and you are exploring that within yourself, just doing that and showing that you value yourself enough to want to change and grow and raise your awareness about who you are, how your history and social conditioning and various things have made you who you are and letting go of anything that you're not comfortable with and learning how to break old habits, all of the things that it sounds like Gritty Girl's really taking on board it's just those acts that really do inspire others to, to 
have that sense of confidence to be bold enough just to try something themselves. And for anybody that's listening and who watches this uh, video or listens to the podcast afterward, one of the really important lessons that I'd really like for anyone to take away from this is you have what it takes within you to become the better version of yourself. Whether you, you know whether you're a woman or a, or a young young girl who just wants to be a better version of yourself, and this such a gritty girl resonates with you, or if you're somebody who's watching these particular types of uh, interviews and videos. And if this resonates with you, then the next easy step is check with Elisa, what Elisa is going to provide me uh, once we've completed um, having our lovely chat here is all the details of how she can be contacted. So if you wanted to just sort of wrap up here for me, um, Elisa, in a summary, what is it you do, who you do it for, and why you do it? So we, sorry, I'm getting terrible. Courses, inspiration, coaching, um, soon physical products as well to help women uh, with their own transformation, their own in, inner transformation. And also to help um, give young kids uh, the, the alternative strong ideas about themselves and to nurture those inequalities from a very young age. Um, so we do that. It's, it's, it is mostly for women. I mean, we do have men in the group on Facebook and they're men who have daughters, for example, or just men who have wives and they want to understand what their wives go through more. Um, uh, so yes, anyone can join those. And then, um, if you want to find the website, it's www.suchagreatergirl.co.uk. Um, and all the contact information is on there as well. Excellent. Excellent. So for anybody who would like to contact Elisa or at least follow up with Such a Gritty Girl, uh, all of the details for the, the website and the Facebook page and ways just to communicate with either Elisa or her um, head coach, the details will be available in the description below the YouTube video and also with the podcast. So if there's anything that you'd like to know, please reach out to um, Elisa's, via, uh, Elisa's site via the, either the website or the contact details provided. If you believe you need some coaching or if there's some way that you need support in achieving whatever it is you want to achieve, you can contact either Elisa through Such a Gritty Girl or myself through these websites, uh, through the website information that will be available in the description. Uh, and, you know, really all I'd encourage anyone to do is don't feel like you have to deal with anything on your own, no matter what it is. Always ask for help. Always run your idea about who you are past somebody because even if it is just a question that you have about yourself, as Elisa's referenced, am I mad? Am I going crazy? Is this normal? You'll be surprised how many people have actually gone through what you've gone through or are going through it or who feel something similar to what you do. There'll be a really great support to help you find your way to evolving into the new version or the better version or the healthier, happier version of who you're meant to be. So it's been fabulous chatting with you, Elisa. Thank you so much to, you know, just for joining me for this conversation. It's been an absolute buzz. Is there any information you'd like to pass on just as we wrap up, just so people know what to look out for? So no, I'm just going to say thank you to you um, and also thank you to you just for creating the platform that you've created and for having the courage and um, the tenacity just to put this out there and get this out there. I know it, it can be scary to do anything new um, and you're going to be helping loads of people. Any, you know, and the, the whole point of any of this, I think we both had the same aim. When you share your own journey with other people and you begin to open up, it can help so many other people. Um, and, and I'm inspired all the time by people who do that, who share their stories, who share their inner demons and, and, and journeys. And I'm so thankful to those people. So, I, you know, thank, thank you to you for creating this platform. I look, I've absolutely loved it. It's been an amazing journey for me as well because... Um, and for a little little side note on this particular interview, um, I, I'm, I'm 
virtually met Elisa online um, have, would be about 18 months ago now, would it roughly, would it be? Yeah. It would be. Um, through a particular speaking course that we were doing online and we, we both comment behind the scenes of how much we've seen each other evolve and quite literally 18 months ago I would never have done a platform like this and it's not to say that yay me congratulations it's not about that it's about you never know what you're capable of doing until you take that first step so I'd openly encourage anybody who's got a seed of thought sitting behind you know in their little corner of their brain picking over reach out find out ask Elisa there's probably something that Elisa can coach you with or it could be something that I can coach you with or we might better guide you and point you in the right direction of somebody who can so if you're sitting on a little seed nurture it because you just never know what amazing things might come about I get to have conversations with some of the most amazing people on the planet including Elisa and it's just fantastic to be able to hear the stories from other people, as you say, and also learn just the amazing and incredible things that people go through and what experiences inspire others to, to reach out and, and be the best that they can be. And that, in a sense, is what Voice on Fire is all about. And it's about recognising that the voice is not just about that noise we make. It's about having the power to speak up and be heard and represent those who may not be able to speak up for themselves and also provide them with the courage to do so. So on that note, thank you again. It's been an absolute pleasure and enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you, everybody. And, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's just share this story. Thank you.